Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 510. Today we're going to take a look at Star Trek Panic. This is the fourth in the Panic series of games. Started with Castle Panic, then Dead Panic, then Munchkin Panic, now Star Trek Panic. Uh, this is taking place during the original TV show. So you've got uh, Kirk and Spock and all that. And you are going to, trying to keep your ship alive and keep your shields up and keep the different areas of the ship from getting damaged and also trying to complete different missions and objectives at the same time. Uh, you've also got different special abilities that each of the different characters has that you can be uh, and so on. So let's jump into how the game actually works and then I will tell you what I think about it. Okay, here you can see most of the pieces and everything set up for the game and the piece de resistance is the actual Enterprise itself. You can see it's this cool three-dimensional model. You have these nice uh, heavy thick plastic shields and these are going to be shielding the different sections of the Enterprise and you have various different uh, portions of the Enterprise that can be attacked and damaged and so on. And you can see they kind of apply to these different uh, sectors. So there's going to be ships coming in throughout the different sectors and then coming up and damaging the ship. As the ship takes damage, you're going to first damage the shield. So you'll take and mark this that it has a damage marker on it. And then once anything takes a second damage, then it's going to be actually destroyed. So once the shield is destroyed, you'll take and remove this. You can repair shields and so on or rebuild shields. Even. And then further damage that comes into the sector here, you're going to mark with one of these damage tokens like this. And then you just go ahead and attach it uh, like so on here. And then once it takes a second damage again, you're actually going to find the individual piece. And you can see so these are labeled here left side. So we'll go ahead and just put that here. Now this is actually completely damaged. So that's how damage to the ship actually works. So to start the game, each player is going to be able to get a character card. And like I said, these are the different characters from the show. You've got Spock, Kirk, Chekhov, Scott, Sulu, and so on, Uhura. These each have different special abilities. And these are very, very actually cool special abilities and they're very kind of thematic to their particular role in the game. So everybody's gonna get one of these. You can use this special ability on your turn or sometimes it'll trigger different phases of the game. And depending on the number of players, you're gonna deal out a number of these Enterprise cards here. So you can see you've got security team, different other special characters from the show. A lot of them are gonna be these different phasers and you can see you're gonna be able to fire in different directions. So here you can fire immediately behind the Enterprise, or you can fire at medium range in front of the Enterprise. And so you can see you've got short range, which is right next to the Enterprise, then medium range here, and then long range here on the outskirts. And so you're going to be firing at different ships trying to blow them up before they do too much damage to your ship. Now ships and other hazards are going to be coming out of this bag. Now to start the game, you're going to draw these out of the bag and place them. So you have a Tholian, a Klingon battlecruiser, and a Romulan battlecruiser. Now whenever you draw new ships, you'll go ahead and roll this die here. So we'll roll that. That's a five. And you can see up here is the section five. So let's say the Tholian was the first one we chose. And then you'll roll a die for these other ones, three and then two. So this one will go at three and this one will go at two. Now, if you're familiar with Castle Panic or any of the other panics, you'll notice that these have sort of a defense on them. And you always put the highest defense there facing the ship there. So there'll be a three defense. And then as you do damage to these, and these are gonna be moving forward as well, you rotate to the two, the one, and then eventually destroy them. 
And again, you can be playing cards to destroy these as well as do other things. Now, the other kind of twist here is we have missions now. You can see here we have a stack of 18 mission cards, and the object of the basic game is to go through and successfully complete five of them. So to start the game, you'll flip over one of these mission cards after shuffling. Uh, they do give you uh, intro missions that you can complete, but there's no reason you couldn't just jump in and do this. You can see this one is the trouble with triples. You can see it tells us to start the mission timer here at six. So we're gonna have six player turns to be able to complete that. If it ever gets down here to zero, the mission's failed. We'll discard it, put it at the bottom of the deck here, and then we'll flip up the new one on the next turn. But if you succeed, you're gonna go ahead and place this off to the side, and then you'll mark a track over here on the side of the board as you complete them. So you completed one, two, three, four, five, and then once you do that, you've completed the game, but you could also try to push your luck and then complete even 10 missions. So these are double-sided, so you have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way up to that. Or you could do the intro game and only do two missions and so on. You could also just play kind of traditional castle panic rules where you get rid of the missions and you just try to clear out all of the ships in the hazards in the bag and just live through that if you want to do that and just not play with the missions at that time. Now, as you can complete missions, you may get a reward here and there may also be consequences for failure. That's going to depend on the mission itself. The other thing to keep in mind with the missions, you can see there's a certain icons down here, and that's going to tell you that you have to meet some kind of condition. Sometimes you have to be kind of next to a certain type of ship. Uh, there'll be certain uh, tokens out here, depending on the mission. You might have aliens or, you know, stranded ships and so on that you have to rescue and so on. You put those out onto the board. And you have to usually, like, move close to them and then commit a certain number of cards. You can see the icons there. If you look, some of the cards are dual purpose. You can use this to fire your phasers to the left or right of you in any zone, or you can commit this as a command credit. In this one here, you can use its special ability or commit it as a science credit or an engineering credit. And that's gonna match up here with the icon. So to succeed at this mission, you need to uh, get in short range of a Klingon ship and then have two command, one science, one engineering, and one medical credit committed. So on your turn, one thing you can do, instead of actually playing the card for what it does, you can commit it over here next to the mission for one of these credits and so on. And for example, Kirk has a cool special ability that allows him to draw cards the first time he commits any cards for mission. If we take a look here, a player's turn is very simple and these are the steps that you're always going to do. You're gonna draw up to your hand size so depending on the number of players, your hand size is gonna be a different amount. Uh, you do play with hands revealed. It just makes it a little bit easier, a little bit more cooperative. And so you're gonna drop back up to the hand size. If you completed a mission on the previous player's turn at this time, then you'll reveal a new one, do whatever kind of setup it tells you. And then you have the optional ability to trade one card. You can make one trade on your turn with another player. You give them a card, they give you a card. And that can help you kind of set up you know, maybe their turn a little bit better, maybe something to do a little bit better on your turn and so on. And then you just go about playing cards. So like I said, you can damage uh, ships in this particular arc. So any of these two front facing arcs, you can damage anything at the long range. And you can tell you here the arcs and stuff and how they take damage on that card as well. So you can play this one here, like this one's special. It will allow you to do two damage to anything here. So it's a multi-range torpedo. You've got these cards here. You've got Tritanium and Dilithium. These will allow you to allow you to either repair the hull or damage shield. Now, this is anything that hasn't been fully destroyed. But if you play them both together, you can fully build up a shield that's been completely destroyed, or even a particular section of the ship. 
Now there's a bunch of other cards here with special abilities and you just kind of do what it says, but there are several of these security teams. And so it's possible and likely throughout the game that you will have boarders try to board your ship. So at that time, anybody, it doesn't have to be the player's turn, they can play this and reduce the amount of damage that the boarders actually do to whatever section of the ship they're attached to. So these are you want to keep in mind for that. Now after you've played all of your cards that you wish to on your turn, then you just check the mission status. If you've completed it, then that's the time that you will get the reward and so on. And then you, the threats that are on the board are going to move and fire. And then after that's happened, you're going to draw two new threats and add them to the board. So typical ships are just all going to move up one space closer to the Enterprise and then fire and do one damage to each of the different sections that they're attached to. Uh, there's some interesting things though. So let's say these two fellows were here and they both did two damage. So one damage would damage the shield and the next one of course would remove it. But if there was a third ship, this would be unlikely at the beginning of the game. So you would have two damage, boom, boom, the shield is destroyed. And then the third damage you would think would spill over and then damage the hull of the ship. But that's not the case. If there's ever a shield up, even if it's, if it's damaged, all the damage is going to be applied, the shield will be removed, and then you'll start damaging the ship directly. So let's say this was destroyed here on a previous turn. And then let's say we had this situation where they moved up and did three damage. So you do one damage here. You normally would mark it with one of these little explosions. Then the next damage you would take and you would take the particular marker that was meant for that piece of the hull and then you slide that in and that's now damaged. So you would mark that like with this. So that looks pretty cool. Give you a better angle of that. This, and it's pretty cool when you attach a bunch of fire on the ship and it just looks like everything's going downhill. So that's exploded there. Now any further damage that's applied to a completely destroyed section of the ship is going to force you to take the top card off of your main draw deck and remove it from the game. And just a quick note, we first thought like, oh, that's not so bad. Uh, but it has a sort of tendency, it seems, to discard the cards that like, oh, we could have really used that security team or that special ability or that card that allows us to repair a shield or so on. So as those get depleted, that's, you're going to have less cards to deal with. Now if you run through uh, the deck of cards, normally you'll have a discard pile, you reshuffle those back into here. But if for some reason you go to draw a card and all of the cards have been removed from the deck and there's nothing to draw, then you lose the game. Uh, the other way that you'll lose the game is if you get all six sections of the Enterprise here fully destroyed. And of course you win the game by completing the number of missions or if you just play to go through all the tokens in the bag, you can do that. Now there's a couple of other things to note. So on your turn, each player gets a chance to actually maneuver the ship once. So a maneuver could be one of two things. It's either a rotation here, clockwise or counterclockwise, and you can also move forward. So let's say I put it here and we had this uh, space amoeba here that we, according to the mission, we had to get in our uh, short range zone. Now a lot of times when you put these special tokens out, they'll come out here in the long range section and you roll and put it out. And these don't move during the normal phase where all the ships move and attack you. They'll just sit there. So to move closer to it, you've got to take your maneuver action. So again, maneuver is either rotate 
or you can technically move forward in that direction, which will pull this closer to you. And if there were other ships here, like this Tholian, if this was here, it would pull that closer to you as well. Always anything in your front arc. You don't change the orientation or the proximity of any of the other tokens in any of the other spots, just what's in front of you, just to kind of keep it simple. And you do not want the Tholians anywhere near your ship, which I'll explain in a minute. So, for example, you may, let's say we're here, and then this guy came out here, so the first player would play some cards, blow some stuff up, and do a rotate. The next player would play some cards, do some stuff, and then they would move forward, and this guy would pull that guy in and this guy. And then on the next turn, maybe we blew this up, and then we do the next maneuver, and this will pull this in here, and then maybe we have to commit some cards to the mission, and we've got this guy where we want him, based on the mission criteria, and we succeed. So that's how maneuvering works. You get to do one of those things on your turn. Now there's a couple other different special rules. Uh, let's first talk about these Tholians here. If these guys are in short range, they're not going to try to attack you here. They're just going to attach to your ship, and your ship at that point can no longer rotate or maneuver whatsoever. And they come with this little special uh, token here to remind you that you can't maneuver the ship on your turn. So until you deal with the Tholians and blow them out of the water, then you're not going to be able to maneuver. The other thing that can cause you not to maneuver is, again, if you have three completely damaged sections uh, of your ship here. Okay, so I have one, two, and then if I had a third one, let's put this here, that means I can't maneuver my ship until I repair at least one of those sections. Uh, there might be other mission effects that cause you not to maneuver. There might be mission effects that allow you not to be able to trade. And uh, Let's see, there are some special uh, tokens here. These are different Klingons here that will affect other Klingon ships on the board. Uh, sometimes you get these special sort of nasty ones here. All players discard one hit card of their choice. You can get a star base to come out. Uh, this is actually a good thing. This will come out in one of the long range sections, so you might want to try to fly to that and then that, you can use this to actually repair a little bit, uh, which is nice. So sometimes, you know, depending on the game, just to kind of give you a scenario, you might have this mission over here, and then this is over here, but you're like, okay, I'll leave that alone. Hopefully it doesn't get destroyed. And then, you know, go here, and then maybe the other mission will show up over here. So you can kind of try to work that in. It's kind of interesting. The other one are these ships here with these little blue uh, tokens, uh, outlines there. And you can see it's got the same thing on the back. These are cloaking ships. And so when they come into play, they'll come into play normally. And then on the first time that they're going to move an attack, what they'll do is actually they'll move up and then cloak. And that's it. They're not going to fire. Okay. So, and while they're cloaked, you can't attack them or do any damage to them. And then when it comes to the next phase to move and fire, you're going to roll a die for each of them. On a one or two, it's going to move clockwise. On a five or six, it's going to move counterclockwise. On a three, four, it's going to stay the same. So let's say we roll a two for this one. We'll go clockwise, we'll spring into action, we'll move over, we're not gonna move forward, but we're gonna fire a damage there, and then we'll roll this one, maybe he stays in the same spot, and he'll also fire. But now they're susceptible in the next turn to be attacked. On the following turn, again, they're gonna move forward and cloak, and so on. Now, like I said, if a Tholian is attached here, and I should have said earlier, it has to be attached to a spot where there's no shields, then you can't move. The other ships are going to do damage equal to whatever the remaining defense is. So if you let this Klingon battlecruiser cruise all the way up here and it hits a spot where there's no shields, it's going to blast in three damage. It's basically going to board your ship. And remember I talked about the security team here. 
This is when you can play that. So this is coming into a completely open area. It's going to pile on three damage. In this case, that would make us discard three cards off the top of the deck because this is already fully destroyed. But I can reduce that by discarding uh, these border cards. And anybody can do that. It doesn't have to be the player's turn. Uh, if there's a shield there, it's just going to do normal damage and stay there. If it boards, you're going to absorb the damage and then take this out and discard it. So that's the gist of the game. You play some cards, you try to blow stuff out of the way, maneuver the ship around, fly around, try to get to these different mission objectives. Sometimes the objectives won't have to do with anything on the board. You'll just have to commit cards try to stay alive. You might have a triple infestation, which I showed you, uh, you know, different things like that, that are going to happen there. And there's a lot of sort of hearkening back to some of the original episodes. There's a con uh, mission and so on. So that's Star Trek Panic. What do I think of it? Well, I think this is my favorite of the Panic series. I had played Castle Panic some time ago, and that was like a little bit on the easy side, kind of the more simple side for me, which is what it was designed to be. I never tried it with any of the expansions, which from my understanding is makes the game uh, much better. I played Dead Panic and really enjoyed that. That was very cool, very thematic, what they kind of did with it. And I got a demo of Munchkin Panic a couple of years ago at Gen Con. Never had a chance to actually play that, but that one actually looked kind of fun, uh, where you could actually play kind of against each other. It was kind of a neat twist. This one I really, really, really enjoy. And I'm kind of surprised at the amount that I enjoy it, because I kind of, you know, I enjoyed the other Panic games that I've been exposed to, to different degrees. Um, but this one really fits the Star Trek theme and really fits, more importantly, I think, the original TV series theme. You've got these various missions you're trying to go through. You've always got these constant harassments from the Klingons and the Romulans, you know, kind of the whole neutral zone uh, malarkey that they always had to put up with. And the, sh the missions are very indicative of several of the episodes of the original show. And the character abilities are, you know, they make sense within the context of the game and what they can do. And it is a nice kind of puzzle to try to put together uh, in terms of, you know, who's going to do what on what turn. And the trading is going to be vitally important. You know, that one trade that you make could make or break the game. And... Uh, it's just very, very fun and quick and easy to pick up and play, but it has a lot of that kind of Star Trek stuff added into it. You know, the whole cloaking ship kind of thing is really, really cool. And how you deal with that in terms of the whole maneuvering part of it. You know, do we want to point this way? We've got to take out these ships. You know, Billy's got a bunch of cards to blow off stuff off to the side. So let's, you know, get him that stuff and get the ship maneuvered that way. And then you're going to have some different effects. <laughs> this is probably the only thing that I don't like about the game, but it's just because it makes it harder, is you have stuff that like rotates your ship for you. And you're like, no, I was flying towards the mission to complete it. And now you we're pointing in the complete opposite direction. <laughs> like, why is that? Because you th flew through a nebula or something. So it makes perfect sense. And it's just like, oh, we're about to finish that. And sometimes you'll want to really finish the mission to get the reward maybe allows you to, I don't know, repair something in your ship or draw some cards or do a bunch of damage to all the Klingons on the board and stuff like that. Uh, so, but it's cool. I mean, I like that. Uh, the game difficulty is probably about right. I've played it three times and one once, doing it just the whole five mission thing. Now, one time it was really close, and I think we kind of messed up something. You know, that sometimes happens in a co-op, and it felt like, oh, if we did this, or if we remembered that we had this ability, then, you know, that kind of stuff happens. Uh, but you could just play it without the missions, too, as an intro game, if you really wanted to, and just kind of go through the bag of the tokens. 
so, but it's, so it's got a lot of replayability. And if you could really try to, you know, go for it and complete 10 missions, which I think would be pretty hard uh, unless you had a decent streak of luck, just because, uh, you know, as you go along, your ship is just crippling and, you know, it's just trying to stay up and running. Uh, the only one kind of negative thing about it, and it's just something that is just, it's a curse to me, um, but you know, I could see them easily fixing it with like a little mission expansion is there's not always something, you know, negative that's going to happen with, uh, you know, comp not completing a mission. I think that should be always be the case, but I don't know. It, it seems like sometimes you, you can just sort of like ignore the mission, which seems kind of antithetical towards the whole, you know, idea of Star Trek. You wouldn't just be like, ah, screw it. You know, we're just forget that. We're, forget that ship. We're just going to leave it, <laughs> you know, but you know, it's a choice you have to make. Um, but I wish there was like a little bit of a penalty, like a standard penalty or something, but I think it's fine. That, that really is just a minor quibble and it's just something that had come up when we played it. And I was like, what? We're just, we can just ignore this and we'll be fine. And we just cruise right along. So if it's, it kind of felt gamey, it kind of felt like you were cheating a little bit. Um, but I understand it because you want, you don't want to be too punishing because the game is, is a kind of fairly punishing. I think it has a nice balance. Uh, so that was just kind of a minor, minor, minor nitpick. Uh, but the look and feel of the game is awesome too. And that's, I think that's part of the attraction, you know, you're adding damage to the Enterprise and this, these cool bulky shields and all this kind of cool stuff. Uh, really works well. There's some imagery from the TV show, uh, which is nice. Uh, so I would highly recommend this. If you're a, a fan of any of the other Panic games, I would 100% pick this up. Um, you know, I don't know how different, I think it's different enough, honestly, because of all the Star Trek stuff I think really works. And if you're a Star Trek uh, person, and if you really like the old show or just even the new Star Trek stuff, I would definitely get this because it really is, it's like Star Trek, but it's also just like that show. You know, it's not just like generic Star Trek, kind of generally out there. It's very specifically tied uh, to that show. And I think it does a great job of that. And so it's a lot, a lot of fun. And it's really just been, I can't, you know, and it's just really, really fun. It, it just puts you right into that sort of, that fun aspect of Star Trek. And I think a lot of that has to do with the subject matter. You know, a lot of the missions and stuff are really cool and fun. And uh, there's one with Sulu here that's really, really cool. But you can kind of discover that on your own. Um, yeah, so I highly recommend this game. Thanks.